I tell people all the time, anyone in business that's selling a product, you always need to focus on your your own e-commerce. That's your own retailer. You have to take that serious. Welcome to Shopify Masters, your companion for starting and building businesses, the podcast that's brought to you by Shopify. I'm Shwang Esther Shan, and today we are chatting with Janelle Stevens, the founder and CEO of Camille Rose, the beauty brand that uses food grade and natural ingredients for healthy hair and skin. In this episode, Janelle talks about how the need to alleviate her children's eczema sparked the idea for her business how she worked through hurdles to find the ideal production partner, and how she handled being sold out during the initial wave of COVID-19. Before our show, I wanted to chat about Shopify Ping. It's a free live chat app for Android and iOS devices. Did you know that shoppers who use live chats are almost three times more likely to complete their purchase? With Shopify Ping, you can share products, exclusive discount codes, and help customers make purchases instantly. For more information, visit shopify.com slash chat. Now onto our show. Taking a look at the ingredients list for Camille Rose products, they almost read like a recipe filled with mango butter, ginger, coconut oil, and other food grade ingredients. This all stems from founder Janelle Stevens' belief that whatever you put on your body should be good enough to eat. Janelle started experimenting with natural ingredients actually out of a maternal need, all for the sake of her children. Your journey into entrepreneurship really came out of necessity. You know, as a mom of five, you were looking for a solution to your children's eczema. So take us back to 2011 and tell us why you wanted to start experimenting as a kitchen chemist. 2011, I went on a quest for all things natural. I, um, my kids started having issues with their skin and nothing that I used on the market helped them. Um, every physician that I brought them to, they just wanted to prescribe them some type of medicine that is to me a temporary fix. And um, I said, you know what? I want to take it upon myself to research all ingredients. I needed to make sure that um, what I was using on my family um, when we absorb it into our skin, into our hair, um, it was safe, that it was not causing any underlining conditions that, you know, we didn't know about. And I did just that. I consulted with a, uh, a specialist, a dermatologist to the stars, as he would call himself, um, with him about, you know, the, the, the severe eczemas my kids was having, the severe diaper rash. And um, he told me, you know, just watch what you're eating, of course. And he gave me a list of uh, ingredients and products to stay away from and what to use. And um, I did just that. And within two weeks, you know, I saw a difference in their skin. It was clear. So I think that put me on the track to, okay, I am going to make everything myself. I am going to order different ingredients. I am going to consult with herbalists 
and just see how it goes. Because of course, I had to make sure that I was giving my children the best and using the best for myself and my family. Amazing. And I think from those home experiments, um, how did you move from finding, you know, remedies for your family into actually turning this into a business and getting other people to trust you and try out your recipes? Well, you know, I was so obsessed with formulating in my kitchen and touching and feeling and um, smelling different ingredients that I was ordering and it became like such a hobby of mine. I just became. I just found it to be so interesting, and um, of course, you pass it out to your friends, you give it to your family, and you get their feedback. And when they started to come back for more, you know, I, it was at that point I was like, okay, they love it just as much as I do. So I'm gonna throw up a website and see how this goes. Well. I started getting orders and for for Camille Rose for my brand, it just kind of grew organically, like word of mouth. Um, Of course, we had our Facebook page. We didn't have Instagram back then, but we had Facebook and we would post there and people would come in and and tell us uh, their results. They would show their results. And then we just started traveling around doing like different uh shows, hair shows and and body shows and gift shows. And it was really an organic growth for the brand. Moving on to the next stage in business meant Janelle had to face new challenges. From bigger production runs to retailer relationships and building out logistics, it might sound daunting, but it was never intimidating for Janelle. Never intimidating because I loved it and I believed in my products so much. It was exciting. It was fun. It was um, that moment where I realized this is my calling. No intimidation ever entered into my mind. In fact, um, I believed in my brand so much when I got into my first big big box retailer, which is um, Target. Um, in 2013, I was still handcrafting um, those products myself. So I did that for about a year um, because I wanted to ensure that um, my formula stayed the same. My ingredients was not compromised. I wanted to ensure that uh, the consumers who put me on their shelves and who was ordering the products online initially they, you know, was getting the same quality product. Gotcha. And how did you, how did the target relationship come to be? Because it's one thing, you know, you're growing from family and friends and friends of friends. And then all of a sudden you have a national distributed retail contract. Yeah. So I did a show, I did a, um, a gift show, a hair show. And um, the show was a little dry at the moment, like no one was there. So that was my very first show I invested in. And um, I just so happened to meet a buyer at that show. Um, he was scouting. Um, and I tell people, you know, if you're looking to get into business and you know of shows, you never know who's there. I was at that show um, at the right place at the right time. Uh, he happened to stop at my booth 
out of all the booths there, he stopped at mine and we had a great talk. We had a great connection. I told him about my product. I told him my beginnings, my story, my reasons, my whys. And um, he really enjoyed it. Um, He said, you know, I am a buyer for Target. Let's connect in a month. Uh, I'll fly you up and we'll talk about it more. And that's how it happened. Were there a lot of things behind the scenes that you have to figure out to scale up and make sure that you can produce as much as they want it for that initial contract? I had to learn everything behind the scenes. Everything. I knew nothing. I was just a mom at home mixing in my kitchen. And now I am in a major retail store. One thing I did was I took the amount of doors that I felt comfortable with. Um, I knew I could handle. I knew I was not a uh, a part of a major laboratory. So if I would have taken larger doors, I would have had issues with supplying the products. So I, I took like 100 doors uh, for the first year and I was okay with that. But even the language that they was talking, the retail language in the meeting, I had no idea. I was pretending that I did, uh, but I was making mental notes. And as soon as I got out of that meeting, I Googled everything, you know, they they said, because I, I had no idea. I was totally clueless. And I didn't have like the big entourage to represent me or Camille Rose. I went there and I represented myself. I told my story. So, yes, it was definitely a learning process. I had to learn everything. And did you have to find different production partners or at least scale up and have a bigger production facility? Eventually, yes, I did, which that was um, I knew nothing about that. I had no idea how to get a laboratory. Um, I had no idea what the costs would be. I call myself a kitchen chemist. I'm the master mixtress. So how would I be received uh, walking into this huge uh, laboratory with my notebook and my formulas telling them this is how you need to make it? You know, I had no idea. But when I got to that point, I had to search high and low. And I asked around and uh, some people were more helpful than others. I got a bunch of no's from laboratories before I found somebody to say, okay, I'll help you out, you know, just like that. And um, even at that point, I had to supply every one of my ingredients because my ingredients are food grade. They're gourmet. You know, it's it's um, ingredients that you eat. Um, because my belief is, you know, if you could put it in your body, you could put it on your body and vice versa. You know, um, if something nourishes your body inside, it can nourish your body outside. And I didn't want a laboratory to not have that same belief or their primary was is let's make the most money as we possibly can. And we can use a synthetic powder that would deliver the same amount of moisture. I didn't want that. So I was in tar- Target for the first year without even turning a profit because of, you know, how my my structure and, and my beliefs and, and my brand was. I was with him for about a year and a half and I couldn't take it anymore. Besides the fact that he wasn't even keeping up with my my um my order amount. And so I just 
took time off. I let my the two my team handle the day to day, which was like two people. And I searched high and low for a perfect fit, a perfect laboratory partner for my brand. And um, God blessed me with one. And we're still going strong today. I just feel like there's so much to unpack here because I um, and it's really commendable. I want to say that you stuck to your beliefs because I think as any newcomer, um, they feel like a chemist has the expertise and they're tempted to follow their instructions or suggestions. So what was it that made you kind of stick it out and also go through the extra hoops? Like to your point, you had to be that additional supplier. You didn't want to let go of the natural ingredients and you had to do that extra commitment um, to make sure that the end result is what you wanted. Yeah. And a lot of chemists, they get upset with, you know, people like me coming in there telling them how to do their job. You know, they're, they had, that's what they went to school for. That's their life. It's not mine. We're people at home that, you know, we, we, we have a need and we're solving it ourselves. So, um, you know, a lot, I got a lot of no's from labs. Like I'm not doing this. My grandmother lived until she was a hundred and she used these same products. You know, I got a lot of that, but, um, what made me stick it out was the consumer. And myself and my, I made these products. These are my formulas. I own them. They are performing the way I want them to perform and the way um, I, I'm, I'm seeing a difference in, in my friends and my family, in their skin and their hair. So I was not going to back away from that at all. Mm-hmm. And I feel like there's many turning points where you could have easily given up, you know, for example, um, you know, getting that first national retail contract, you had to, you know, live through a year where you're not making a profit. What was it that kept you going? Um, and what was it that kept you committing to this vision? Well, I knew I've always known that all money is not good money and I'll never sell my soul to, you know, for a dollar. So I kind I always, you know, live by that. And I was okay with taking my time and growing at my own pace. Um, eventually it was going to come and it did. Um, um, and so um, I, 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 uh, run, I run my business on that belief. I run my life on that belief. And so um, it was just patience and um, believing in in your craft. Yeah. Let's talk about you reaching out to different people, whether it's asking for suggestions for production partners or seeking business advice. How do you go about seeking advice from established brands and contacting other business owners? I just called them and emailed them like I knew them and I didn't. <laughs> I just did that, took a chance. And if they helped me, thank you, Jesus. If they didn't, then that's good too. I mean, um, and the majority of them did not. And that was okay. You know, that's, they're doing their thing and I'm trying to do mine. That didn't stop me. Um, I was going to get the knowledge and the information one way or, or another. Uh, the internet was my best friend. And then if you're in whatever industry you're in, you know, the longer you're in it, the, the more knowledge you're going to gain. Um, going to different um, 
functions, events, you know, people talk, you'll hear, hear uh, info that you might need. And then people will start to, they'll gain trust in you They'll as they get to know you. And um, I was a newcomer on the block. You know, nobody knew who I was. Nobody's ever heard of a Camille Rose, you know, the larger companies. So get away from me, you know, pretty much. But um, if they kept seeing me around and they kept hearing my brand and the consumer keeps speaking and they see, you know, people are going to the shelves and picking up a Camille Rose product and they're seeing my sales numbers uh, behind the scenes, then I have their attention. Mm-hmm. I love the fact that you are both comfortable and confident to do that because I feel like a lot of new businesses, they almost get scared of contacting established brands. Um, and I like the fact that you're comfortable with not receiving an answer and you're happy to kind of also pay it forward and help new brands as they are trying to navigate this kind of business journey on their own as well. I'm comfortable uh, confident, respectful, always humble. Thank you if you give it, help me. Thank you if you don't. Um, but yeah, absolutely. Let's talk about being in the beauty space because um, most consumers don't know that there's only a handful of large international conglomerates and they dominate most of the market. Um, it's only now that there are smaller indie brands that are coming up. Disruptors. Yes. You're, <laughs> yourself included. So, you know, what is it like being an industry disruptor and, you know, creating the change that you want to see within the beauty industry? I get so much joy, comfort, happiness from knowing that, you know, Camille Rose is offering that difference, that different product that people were seeking, that they needed. Um, You know, these people have larger companies have been in what business since before I was even born. So they've had plenty of enough time to listen to their consumer to get it right. And I'm just, I was just a consumer myself. I had a need and I just took it upon myself to solve my own issues. And, you know, listening to what my followers are saying, we're, we're very heavy on, on social media, listening to them, figuring out what they need as well. If you're dealing with something, let me hear you and let's create, let's try to solve it. So that's very, very important to me and to my brand. And the great thing is, you know, I am a, um, a, a, a self-proclaimed chemist. Like I, I am my own mixtress. So whatever I am ingredient I'm inspired by, you know, I have the knowledge and the ability to go to my own laboratory and whip it up first. And I do that with every collection, all of my products before I say, okay, this is it. This is how I want it to perform. This is what I want it to do pass it along to uh, my laboratory partners, tell them how to do it, 
And then, you know, they produce it for me on a larger scale. Mm -hmm. And I think the important part with um, the representation for Black, Indigenous, and people of color is that so often within beauty, um, people of color are pushed to one category. For example, you know, you guys just have curly hair, but the fact that you break it down, there's wavy, there's kinky, there's coily, um, you're in a sense kind of elevating the needs of people. And, you know, we are not just one specific category. There's so many different categories that is actually not served. Yes. It's so, I love the multicultural. I love that term. I love textures because it's so many textures and I love that, you know, and I'm just so into that. Um, so one thing I've, I, you know, about a Camille Rose product that is a point of difference, you know, I'm mixed with honey and peppermint. Who doesn't love that? You know, we are so ingredient focused and that is for everybody. I have something, products in my range for everybody. My deep treatments, if you're a girl who um, gets color treatments, Please use my deep conditioner to help seal those bonds back together. Um, shampoos. My shampoo is infused with ginger. You know, that's for everyone. It's exciting and it's fun. And I'm glad I'm able to offer products to all types and textures. And then, you know, that's also represented in how you share the love of those who love your product. Um, social is a big part of your brand and there's so many consumers voicing their love for you. Um, how do you navigate both social media and traditional media? Because you do get so much coverage, you know, from Forbes, from The Real. Um, that is also a whole slew of new relationships that you have to learn uh, to manage, essentially. Yeah, well, initially, of course, I, I did not, could not even afford to even go that route. I had to do grassroots. Everything was grassroots. I would say the old school way where, you know, we had to rely on our followers. We had to rely on word of mouth. We had to rely on those. Um, back then they used to do a lot of product swaps. So let me try this. I'll trade you. And, you know, we had to rely on that and we had to get in there and I still talk to my followers, like I'm their best friend. And, um, so I think that that's important. And then when we started getting, um, more sales and more income coming in for the brand, then, you know, we had to say, okay, let us get a hire a person where that's their area of expertise. You know, let them, if they're in public relations and they know how to get us uh, more coverage and help us build brand awareness, let them do that. And so, yeah, once we decided to do that and, you know, know that, okay, this is not just a website brand, you know, it's, we're growing. So, um, we started to see a change. Mm -hmm. Was it tough, um, letting go of control at each stage of business as you hire more people? Because I know, you know, you're used to make, making things and mixing things yourself. And now you have to, you know, give away some of those responsibilities. Yes. Um, because it's, you know, when you birth something from the ground up, it's, it becomes, of course, your baby. And, 
I went through the same thing everyone else goes through. Like it was tough for me um, because I don't know. And then, you know, a lot of times that it's all talk. So um, just kind of weeding out the bad people and holding on to the good and learning how to um, recognize who can really deliver on what they say. Um, It's trial and error. I've wasted a ton of money um, by just doing it. And I think it's necessary when growing a brand. Um, Nobody gets it right the first time. And then realizing that, okay, I have to um, learn how to let go a little bit and realize that, you know, hey, this vision, what God has for you is for you. It's for no one else. No one else. You know, if it's for you, it is for you. Stop worrying. Stop stressing. Just let these people do their job. And that was, you know, that was kind of hard for me. Um, Now I got to the point where, okay, I'm completely exhausted. I need help. I know I need help. Just stop. And so, um, yeah, just going through all those different stages with um, growing my brand and my business. Yeah. Are there any specific questions or is there something specific you look for when you are hiring and looking for people to join your team? Yeah, I look at their track record. I Initially, I was hiring people based on their resume and how they look on paper and black and white. And that was a mistake in itself. I had to learn that, okay, you need to hire based on who you can, who you're vibing with, who, what kind of energy they're bringing to you, your brand. Do you enjoy being around these people? If you got stuck in the elevator with them, would y'all laugh, laugh until somebody opened the door? You know, all those things are important because I think that if you have good people, good energy, heart workers, um, people that are like you around you, there's no way you cannot win. Through the constant changes and challenges of COVID, Janelle and her team had to pivot and change their whole marketing strategy. Instead of their planned in-person events, they moved online and into customers' homes virtually. And that ultimately resulted in a sold out moment. Again, we just put all of our heads together and we got our minds working. Um, No one knew what a shutdown meant that that's never happened in my lifetime. Um, So we didn't know. We just said, okay, when retailers close, that's a loss of income for your business. So what do you do? Um, I tell people all the time, you, we always, anyone in business that's selling a product, you always need to focus on your, your own e-commerce. That's your own retailer. You have to take that uh, serious. So, um, and let me sh- shout out to Shopify for helping us through that time as well. <laughs> but we focused on our e-commerce. Our 2020 marketing plan completely went out the window. Um, 2020 was supposed to be a time for us to um, do our own Camille Rose activations outside of um, the shows we had already signed up to do. Um, 
So we said, let's take our 2020 plan, which is going around the world with the Camille Rose Culinary Beauty Kitchen. Um, We just have to bring our beauty kitchen to our Instagram page. We have all these followers on our page. You know, that's an, an amazing opportunity to let all of them experience it. So we did just that. We had um, so many lives on our Instagram page. Um, We took our beauty kitchen on our page. We had our brand stylist on our page talking about styles, how to use our product. We had an esthetician on our page. We even had yoga instructors. We brought DJs. We brought a violinist just to help calm people's anxieties. I had a psychologist on. My husband is a an, an oncologist. I had him come on and talk about COVID and how to stay safe and, and the effects of it. We did it all. We teamed up with influencers. So we just put our marketing budget for 2020 um, on our own e-commerce and on our social pages. Amazing. And it truly paid off um, to the fact that you guys did sell out. Um, And how did you navigate a time where logistically shipping things might get delayed and yet you're also experiencing this sold out phenomenon for your inventory? Yeah. So with COVID hit, like we are just starting to get back on track with like getting all of our components and our ingredients, it was like a domino effect. Like it wasn't just everybody felt it. Everyone in business, suppliers, retailers, everyone felt it. And um, I think that communicating with your uh, consumers, communicating with your customers and letting them know like due to COVID, you know, this is the reason for your delay. But, and they were pretty, everyone was they understood um, the world's in a different place. So, you know, of course you had your people like, I want my order and all that stuff. But, you know, if you talk to them, if you let them know this is what's happening, we're a small business, we're, we, we are trying, you know, hard and uh, to make sure that you are still getting your products on time. So they were pretty understanding. Mm-hmm. Amazing. How about the balance between navigating being a mom of five, having your family life and going through all this growth with your business? Um, That's hard, Um, but it's doable. And the way I handle it is through prayer and through taking time to step away from all of it, the business, uh, even being a mom, even being a wife, running my household, running my business, like I need to step away from it and get me time. And that me time doesn't mean I have to fly on a plane and take a weekend long vacation. That me time can be an hour a day um, to recharge, refresh my mind so that I can make sure I'm giving my best to everyone. Women are naturally, I mean, we're nurturers by nature. And so, um, a lot of times we tend to forget about, hey, ourselves. And so um, I it, I just have it every day that I, I know that I have to step away and take at least an hour, take 30 minutes, walk the track, run the track, do some type of exercise, 
or uh, sit in my car and drink my coffee. And that recharges me. That's all I need, you know? And then I'm back to, you know, let, let, let's go, you know, I'm ready. Looking forward, obviously it's hard to predict, but what are some future plans that you are excited about? Or what are some things that you can share that uh, you're hoping to bring into life and uh, produce for the future? I am so excited about Camille Rose. I am excited about our growth. Uh, 2021, we are, we'll be in more retail stores. Um, I am excited about our new collections. I am excited about, um, our, uh, uh, just products that are solving issues for women that are having, um, alopecia, thinness, balding, um, cause that's a real thing that women are experiencing. You know, my brand is here to ensure that scalp care is there, that you, um, are using scalp care products with, uh, great ingredients in it. And so, um, we have a few more products coming out that addresses, um, those issues. Because mm-hmm. listening to you talking about these new issues that you want to address, it makes great sense for you to continue and um, address those issues that kind of plague the everyday consumer. But as someone who's already having this huge line, like how do you get inspired and how do you um, get those new ideas and start rolling with them and knowing that, you know, this is a good avenue for me to go down to next? I'm all, I get inspired by the consumer. I get inspired by my followers. I get inspired by seeing people repost my product or styling their hair with my product or cleaning their face on their Instagram page with, with a Camille Rose product. I'll never like not be inspired. I could get inspired by being in a grocery store and I see like a, a, a food in a certain container and I'm, I love that container. And that's how my leaving collection came to life. Simple things ins- inspire me. I can see or hear about an ingredient and start doing my own research. And I'm inspired to bring that ingredient into like a bigger life and offer it to my consumers. Mm-hmm. I love the optimism. And also I love the fact that um, you're just constantly looking for new solutions for your customers. I guess to close out the show, what is um, the one thing that you feel like has gotten you this far? What is the one thing that you feel like new business owners can harness as they kind of embark on their business journey? Staying true, staying true to yourself, staying true to your craft. Keep a tunnel vision. Do not look at what your competitors are doing. Do not think that, oh, the market is already saturated. If it is for you, if God puts you on that path, then nothing can stop that. So stay true and grow organically. Grow at your own pace. Remember that. Don't take on too much and you can't handle it. And then you find yourself in a, with a whole nother issue. So stay true, grow organically, and enjoy your journey. Amazing. Well, thank you so much for being with us, Janelle. Thank you. 
Thank you for joining us for this episode of Shopify Masters. My name is Shwang. If you enjoyed Janelle's journey and want to share her lessons with fellow entrepreneurs, please give us a review on your listening platform so the show can be discovered by other business owners. Until next time on Shopify Masters. Shopify Masters.